Chapter Eighteen of Delorme by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eighteen. With a quick step, Garcias led the way towards that side of the hill which, from its position, was cast into shadow, and taking an upward path that we both knew, he soon arrived in those high and lonely parts of the mountain where solitude and silence reigned undisturbed. High above earth's habitations, nothing looked upon us but the clear blue sky and the bright, calm moon, whose beams fell soft and silvery upon the tall mountain peaks around, poured into every valley, danced in every stream, and contrasted the broad, deep shadows thrown by each projecting rock with the bright effulgence of those spots whereon she glowed with her full power. It was a grand and solemn scene, and there was something inexpressibly awful in the calm, sublime aspect of the giant world in which we stood, in the silence, in the moonlight, in the deep, clear expanse of the profound blue sky, especially when each of those who contemplated it had heavy on his heart the weight of human blood. It felt as if we were more immediately in the presence of heaven itself, as if the calm, bright eye of eternal justice looked sternly into the deepest recesses of our bosoms. Garcias seemed to feel nearly as much as I did, and bending his eyes upon the ground he pursued his way silently and fast, till, descending for some hundred yards and turning the angle of the hill, we came under a group of high trees which formed a beautiful object on the mountainside when viewed from the windows of the Chateau de Lorme, and from which I could now discern the dwelling of my ancestors. Here the smugglers stopped as if to allow me a last view of the scenes of my infancy, and my eye instantly running down the valley rested on the grey towers and pinnacles of my paternal mansion, with a lingering regret impossible to describe. There lay all that I loved on earth, the objects of every better affection of my nature. There lay the scenes amongst which every happier hour had passed. There lay the spot where every early dream had been formed, where hope had arisen, where every wish returned. And I was leaving it, leaving it perhaps for ever, with a stain upon my name, and the kindred blood of her most dear upon my hand. My heart swelled as if it would have burst, my brain burned as with fire, and my eyes would fain have wept. I struggled long to prevent them, and I should have succeeded, but just while I was gazing, while a thousand overpowering remembrances and bitter regrets seemed tearing my heart to pieces, a nightingale broke out in the trees above my head, and poured forth so wild, so sweet, so melancholy a song, that my excited feelings would bear no more, and the tears rolled over my cheeks like the large drops of a thunderstorm. "'Poor boy,' said Garcias, I am sorry for thee. I can feel now, more than I could this morning, what thou feelest, for, in truth, I would that I had not slain that Derville so rashly, and I know not why, but I wish what I never wished before, that the moon was not so bright. It seems as if that poor wretch were looking at me. But come, tis no use to think of these things. When we are in Spain, we will get us absolution, and that is all that we can do. Pardon me, monsieur, he added, suddenly resuming that peculiar sort of haughtiness which leads many a proud man in an inferior station 
to give a full portion of ceremonious deference to his superior pardon me if now or in future i treat you too like a companion of pedro garcias the smuggler during this day my wish to check your grief has made me unceremonious and till you can return perhaps you had better waive that respect which your rank entitles you to require for it may not please you hereafter to have many of those with whom you now consort for a time boast of having been your very good friends and fellow adventurers i told him to call me what he liked and to use his own discretion in regard to what account he gave of me to those whose companion i was about to become little indeed cared i for any part of the future it had nothing for hope to fix upon and once having withdrawn my eyes from that valley and turned upon the path before me i was reckless about all the rest it seemed however that garcias had found a relief in breaking the dead silence which had hung upon us so long for he continued speaking on various topics as we went and gradually succeeded in drawing my mind from the actual objects of my regret not that i forgot my grief far from it it still lay a dead and heavy weight upon my heart but my thoughts did not continue to trace every painful remembrance with the agonizing minuteness which they had lately done such is ever the first effect of that balm which time pours into every wound it scarcely seems to lessen the anguish but it renders it less defined gradually i listened and replied and though each minute or two my mind reverted to myself yet the intervals became longer and i found it every time more easy than the last to abstract my thoughts from my own situation and to apply them to the subjects on which he spoke for more than two hours we continued walking on till we arrived at the heights nearly opposite to Argeles, during which time we had climbed the hills and descended into the valleys more than once we were now again upon the very crest of the mountain and the moon was just sinking behind the hills to the west of the balindrau when garcias paused and pointed down the course of the stream that burst precipitately over the side of the hill with so perpendicular a fall that it almost deserved the name of a cataract the body of water though then but a rivulet was at some part of the year undoubtedly considerable for it had channelled for itself a deep ravine which for some space wound away from the valley as if obstinately resolved to bear its tribute in any other direction than towards the principal river that flowed in the midst but after pursuing these capricious meanderings for a considerable way it was obliged at length to follow the direction of the hills and turn towards the valley in its own despite as we often see in some far province a stubborn contender of the established authorities pursue for a while his own wilful way fancying himself a man of great spirit and an independent soul till comes some stiff official of the law who turns him sneaking back into the common course of life the bottom of the ravine left free by the shrinking of the stream was lined on either hand with the most luxuriant verdure and overhung by a thousand shrubs and trees now in their ruffling dresses of summer green where we then stood however many hundred yards above with the moon as i have said sinking behind the opposite mountains all that i could see was a dark and fearful chasm below at the bottom of which i caught every now and then the flash and sparkle of the stream whose roar as it broke from fall to fall reached my ear even at that height 
down this abyss garcias pointed saying that our journey's end lay there for the present if you are a true mountaineer added he you will be able to follow me but attempt it not if you feel the least fear for i have seldom seen a place more likely to break the neck of any but a good cragsman go on replied i i have no fear and indeed i had become so reckless about life that had it been the jaws of hell i would have plunged in and yet it appeared i was even then in the act of flying from death man is so made up of inconsistencies that this would not have been extraordinary granting it to have been the case but it was not so i was not flying from death but from ignominy and shame and the reproachful eyes of those i loved garcias led the way and certainly never did a more hazardous and precarious path receive the steps of two human beings its course lay down the very face of the precipice over which the stream fell and the only tenable steps that it afforded were formed by the broken faces of the schistous rock without one bough of shrub or tree to offer a hold for the hands the river at the same time kept roaring in our ears within a yard of our course and every now and then where it took a more furious bound than ordinary it dashed its spray in our faces and over our path confusing the sight whose range was already circumscribed by the darkness and rendering the rock so slippy that nothing but the talons of an eagle would have fastened steadily upon it at length we came to a spot of smooth turf with still the same degree of perpendicular declination and to keep one's feet became now almost impossible so that nothing seemed left but to lie down and slip from the top to the bottom it was a dangerous experiment for the descent might probably have terminated in a precipice which would have been difficult to avoid but i little cared and with the usual success of boldness i lighted on a small round plot of turf crowning another turn of the ravine a man anxious for life would most probably have avoided the course of the stream slipped past the spot on which i found a safe resting place and been dashed over the precipice which lay scarce two yards from me in a moment garcias was by my side and asked with some concern lest his place of retreat had been discovered whether i had ever visited that spot before for i seemed to know it he said as well as he did himself having assured him i never had and that my fortunate descent was entirely accidental he laid his hand on my arm as if to stay me from any farther trial of the kind you have escaped strangely said he but never make the same experiment again unless you are something more than merely careless about life we are now close upon my men he added and we must give them notice of our approach or we may risk a shot and he stooped over the edge of the cliff looking down into the ravine it was here that the trees and shrubs which lined thickly the lower parts of the dell first began to sprout and forming a dark screen between our eyes and the course of the stream they would have cut off all view of what was passing below had it been day but at that hour when all was darkness around us and no glare of sunshine outshone any other light we could just catch through the foliage the sparkling of a fire about forty yards below us and as we gazed a very musical voice broke out in a spanish song being directly above the singer the sounds rose distinctly to our ears so that we could very well distinguish the words that he sang 
which were to the following tenor, as near as I can recollect. Song Tread thou the mountain, brother, brother, tread thou the mountain wild. In each other land men betray one another, be thou then the mountain's child. Hark! How Hidalgo to Hidalgo vows, to serve him he'd hazard his life. But woe to the foolish and confident spouse, if he leave him alone with his wife. Tread then the mountain, brother, brother, tread then the mountain wild. In each other land men betray one another, be thou then the mountain's child. Lo how the merchant to merchant will say, his credit and purse to command. But let him fall bankrupt, I doubt, well a day, no credits he'll have at his hand. Tread then the mountain, brother, brother, tread then the mountain wild. In each other land men betray one another, be thou then the mountain's child. Lo how the statesman will promise his tool to raise him to honour some day. But when he's done all he would wish, the poor fool will regret taking fine words for pay. Tread then the mountain, brother, brother, tread then the mountain wild. In each other land men betray one another. Be thou then the mountain's child. Hark what the courtier vows to his king to serve him whatever befall. But if evil luck dark misfortune should bring, the courtier turns sooner than all. Tread then the mountain, brother, brother, tread then the mountain wild. In court, crowd, and city men cheat one another. Be thou then the mountain's child. He says true. By St. Jago, he says true, cried Garcias, who had been listening as well as myself. Thank God for being born a mountaineer. He ended his self-gratulation with a long whistle, so shrill that it reached the ears of the singer, to whom the noise of our voices had not arrived from the height we were above him, although his song, by the natural tendency of sounds, had come up to us. He answered the signal of his captain immediately, and we instantly began to descend, making steps of the boles and roots of the trees, till lighting once more on somewhat level ground, we stood beside his watch-fire. The singer was a tall, fine, Aragonese, about my own age, or perhaps somewhat older, who had been thrown out as a sentinel to guard the little encampment of the smugglers, which lay a couple of hundred yards farther down the ravine. He bore a striking resemblance to Garcias, whom he called cousin, and also seemed to possess some portion of his gigantic strength, if one might judge by the swelling muscles of his legs and arms, which were easily discernible through the tight netted silk breeches and stockings he wore, in common with most of his companions. He gazed upon me for a moment or two with some surprise, and I returned his look with one of equal curiosity. In truth, I should not particularly have liked to encounter him as an adversary, for with his long gun, his knife, and his pistols, added to the vigour and activity indicated by his figure, he would have offered as formidable an opponent as I ever beheld. No questions, however, did he ask concerning me. Not a word, not an observation did he make. But resuming the characteristic gravity of the Spaniard, from which perhaps he thought his song might have somewhat derogated in the eyes of a stranger, he merely replied to a question of his cousin, that all had passed tranquilly during his absence, and cast himself down upon his chequered cloak, by the side of the watch-fire, with an air of the most perfect indifference. 
at another time i might have smiled to see how true it is that nations have their affectations as well as individuals but i was in no smiling mood and were i to own the truth i turned away with a feeling of contemptuous anger at his arrogation of gravity fully as ridiculous in me as even his mock solemnity what had i to do to be angry with him i asked myself after a moment's reflection i was not born to be the whipper of all fools and if i was i thought my castigation had certainly better begin with myself garcias led me on to the rest of his companions who were stretched sleeping on the ground some wrapped in their cloaks some partly sheltered from the winds which in those mountains lose not their wintry sharpness till summer is far advanced by little stone walls built up from the various masses of rock that from time to time had rolled down the mountain and strewed the bottom of the ravine the younger men though engaged in a life of danger and risk slept on with the fearless slumber of youth but four or five of the elder smugglers whom ancient habits of watchful anxiety rendered light of sleep started up with musket and dagger in their hands long before our steps had reached their halting place the figure of garcias however soon quieted their alarm and i was astonished to see how little agitation the return of their absent leader from what had been and always must be a dangerous part of their enterprise caused amongst them nor did my presence excite any particular attention garcias informed them simply that i was a friend he had long known and now came to join them on which they welcomed me cordially without further inquiry giving me merely their buenas noches tenga usted caballero and assigning me a spot to sleep in near the horses which was indeed the place of honour being more sheltered than any other End of chapter 18